You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. So with me on the podcast today, my friend, Michael Ainsworth. Hey, Michael, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I want to thank you before you get started today because, uh, you know, two weeks ago you shared your testimony Sunday morning with me. We were reading through the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And you just provided in your testimony a powerful illustration of being led by God. Thanks for sharing your testimony with us in church. But, you know, I reached out to you, we chatted a little bit, and I told you I would love for you to share this on the podcast because I think your story is powerful. I think it's a tool that people need to hear and share so that we can see what God can do with a person's life. And so, Michael, thanks for being willing to share your testimony on the podcast with me today, man. Yes, sir. All right, so, Mike, you've been with us for three years now. I'm just going to hand the mic over to you, man, and let you kick yourself off. So go ahead and take it away, Michael. Mm -hmm. My name is Michael Lansworth, and I am a great believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, who is in recovery from a lifelong meth addiction. Meth addiction pretty much controlled my life, and I was a complete wreck. I would stay up for days, only coming out at night to do whatever I needed to do to feed my meth addiction. I would roam the night, scoping out houses, cars, sheds, barns, looking for anything to steal so I could sell a trade to continue my meth use. People who were closest to me was the first ones that I would steal from and was the hardest that I would hit. If you tried to be my friend or showed that you cared for me or wanted to help me, I would see that as a weakness and that person was a target. I was so consumed with my meth addiction that everyone wasn't anything but an opportunity or a target to get whatever I needed to continue to feed my meth addiction. The only value that friendship had for me was a way for me to get more meth. I didn't care if you loved me. Actually, if you showed any love towards me, I would see that as a, as a weakness and would target you as a way to get more meth. I wasn't raised in a Christian household at all. The most I knew about God was what I read on a few pictures that was in our house. Later on in life, I can remember that I was so filled with evil that just the mention of God would make my skin crawl. <clears throat> Used to, if anyone tried to tell me about religion, I would get angry and say that I, I didn't want to hear anything about your made-up fairy tales. I was completely against anything that had to do with God. My attitude towards others was completely horrible. I was rude, mean, and that led me to be completely heartless. See, I was so full of pain that the only thing that I knew to do with this pain was to give it to others. First John 2, 9 says, that anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. See, I lived in hatred for everyone around me. I was living in complete darkness. But verse 10 helped me to understand the change that has happened in my heart, which I will talk about later. It says that anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there, <coughs> there is nothing in them to make them stumble. I have come to understand what it means to love others. Looking back on it, it's very sad to know the man I have become. If I saw a smile on your face, I would do anything to take that smile or joy away from you. If you had anything that you cared about, 
I would do my best to take that joy or try to destroy your joy. I was honestly a miserable person full of this hate towards others. In 2012, I got introduced to intravenous drug use, but also to a drug called Dilata. This is where my life took a complete downward spiral. I thought I was consumed before, but this is when drugs became more important to my everyday way of living. More important than food, more important than air itself. In a two-year period, I will watch my best friend die of a drug overdose, get arrested, and become homeless. The day that I watched my best friend die of a drug overdose, I wasn't sad at all. Instead, I became so angry and mad at him because he put me in this situation where I had to answer all the questions about his death. After his death, it seemed to be an endless cycle of my friends dying from drug overdoses. Through all this, I was drowning deeper and deeper in my addiction. I was renting a trailer and got in a fight where the cops came, and I was arrested. When I got out of jail, I was evicted from my home. This led to me living out of my car for about three months, and it finally got reposed. For the next three years, I was homeless. All I had was a BMX bike and a backpack. I would find shelter in car washes, under bridges, public parks, abandoned sheds, and pretty, <coughs> pretty much anywhere I could find a roof over my head. I remember the last year, year and a half, when I was homeless, just praying to God every night that I wouldn't wake up. With every shot of meth I took, I was hoping that it would kill me, but it never did. I had a friend who went to Teen Challenge, and when she graduated and got out, it was like she was on a mission to save me. She always seemed to find me and bring me food as well as pray with me before she, <clears throat> before she would leave. One of the last times she came to help me, I was really rude to her, but a seed was planted in my heart because she didn't give up on me. Galatians 8 and 9 says, Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap, reap a harvest if we do not give up. She taught me not to give up on God, myself or others. Just a few months later, I violated pre-trial diversion, which meant I had to go serve a, out a 10-year sentence for a sale of milk chores. So instead of going to prison, I called my friend who never gave up on me, helped me to get in, into Righteous Oaks. While in Righteous Oaks, I had a complete heart transformation. I realized that God was the only thing that could give me the peace and happiness that I was seeking that could feel all the loneliness I was feeling, and he was the only person that could take away the anger and pain from my heart. By discovering God's love and mercy, it gave me peace that I've never known before. In Ezekiel 11:19, God says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. I felt love, not any of that counterfeit love. It was love from complete strangers, <coughs> which was something I had never experienced. It was God's love, and I wanted all of it I could get. I never wanted to go back to my days of addiction. Today I wake up happy. I love making other people happy and smile. Righteous Oak helped me to realize and taught me that I didn't only have a drug problem, but that I also had a heart problem and a lifestyle problem. I would like to say no particular step stuck out to me by itself, but by working the steps, all of the steps, and reworking them has helped me and continues to help me to this day. I had to let my head catch up to my heart. By continuing to rework the steps, 
I noticed a re renewing of my thinking, my thoughts are more clear, pure, and more godly. I process my thoughts in a more healthy and godly way. My relationships today are something I never thought possible. I never thought people could be friends and share this happiness together. Now I want to see my friends smile, happy, and I want the best that God has in store for them. I am not just searching for anything for myself only. God has taught me that I want to give back to others what he has gave me. With God's love and mercy, I'm no longer taking anything for granted, and I'm no longer pushing my anger and hurts onto everyone around me. Now I want to share this joy I have received. God has blessed me with a job, a place to live, and a brand new family, my forever family. Where before I said I would get angry at the mention of God's name, now I search for God in every, everything I do. Sundays are now my favorite day. I'm very much in love with God and so thankful for His grace and mercy. Since I came to know Him, since I came to know God, I haven't had any situation where I couldn't find His peace. One of the best parts of working the, pro the program of, rec of recovery for me is getting to see the growth in my walk with Jesus as my personal Savior and Heavenly Father. That's not possible without God. Not only my growth, but the growth of others. Never believe or think that anyone is too far gone or God can't change a person's heart. God turned what I was into who I am today. God is still in the miracle business. Wow. Michael, thanks for sharing that testimony, man. I, I, I love to see what God's done with you. I remember about three years ago in Sunday school, um, somebody else had shared a testimony, and we were talking a little bit about what it was to have your mind renewed. And when I was listening to your testimony just now, and you were talking about how it took a little while for your head to catch up to your heart, I just had that memory. You know, I remember sitting in the room upstairs in the education building, and uh, I think it was the day Chad Leggett maybe shared his uh, testimony. And and somebody, you know, somebody had asked, well, man, how long does it take, you know, before your, your thoughts kind of come around? And uh, and you, you made a different comment about, hey, man, after 20 years of living one kind of life, it's hard to learn, like, how to... I knew how to live that life. I'm trying to learn how to live this life. And I just want to say what a blessing it is now, almost three years later, you know, not quite three years, two and a half, something like that. Um, just to, to, man, to hear your words, to see your story, to watch, you know, the influence that you have. Um, I know that God is using you in a powerful way. I just want to bless you. I want to tell you that I see your leadership and your influence. Like I see the change. Um, the, the, the men who know you, who are my friends, they talk about how you are a prayer warrior and an inspiration to them. How, um, you know, so many guys that come through the ministries of a church, they find strength from you. They find encouragement from you. And I think you've helped a lot of people keep walking their journey with Jesus. So I love, I would love to meet that friend of yours that would take you food and pray for you. I just want to hug her. I want to thank her. But man, I just want to thank you, you know, that you let God lead you. Thank you for sharing your testimony today. Church family, as you listen to Mike's story, um, Man, he took the time to, to write it out, to think it out, and share it really clearly with us. I just want to encourage you, if this testimony is a blessing to you or would be a blessing and encouragement to somebody that you love, just share this episode of the podcast. Send it to them. Let them hear what God's done. Let's boast in the goodness of God, and let's hang on to hope for what He's going to do in all of us. Michael, thanks for being with us. Church family, thanks for listening.